Welcome to Chat with Matt, stories of faith, hope, and love. I'm hoping that the books I've read and the people I've met inspire you as much as they have me. Well, welcome back. We're on episode four today, and today's topic is my good friend, Jan Woodard, as I always referred to as my tall friend, Jan. Um, I'm just going to give you a heads up. I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm going to read to you some excerpts of my second. Is that the word? Is that how you say it? Excerpts? I don't know if that's I'm saying that right. But I'm going to read you some pieces from my second book that I'm about finished on on writing, but I'm not sure if I'm going to share it with anyone or if it's just a book that I wrote for myself, just the process things happening in my life. So, um, but I thought I'd share some of my stories about Jan with you today. Um, so I'm going to be going back and forth between my random thoughts and things I wrote. So don't feel like the book is super choppy. <laughs> um, so I met Jan back in 2017. The Rustic Lodge, I don't know if they still do, but they had this girls night out event that was sponsored by RMC. And I believe because it was cancer, breast cancer awareness month, they always had like a special guest speaker come and it was a big event. And so in 2017, they had a writer coming to give a presentation and it was a free book given to anybody who came. And I was really excited to go to this because I had been reading this author's blog and she was like a New York Times bestseller. And I was just really excited. They were giving a free copy. And so I went early and stood in this long line to get this book. And the, and the friends that I was going with that night, they hadn't been there. They weren't there yet. And so as I was waiting in line, I was introduced to this woman who was just very gentle. Her but 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 she had a strong personality and she had this light pink outfit on I remember and real short pixie cut gray hair and within minutes after standing there with her we became we became I guess friends that quickly we had found out that we were both cancer survivors that we were both writers and we were both in the middle of writing our books about our cancer journey and so we just got to know each other really well that evening, standing in line. And as we left that night, I left wondering if she felt like she wished it would be herself signing books there that day as much as I did. And um, I think it's funny that when I wrote the I wrote a piece in my book that I didn't read to you, but um, I wrote a piece in the book about meeting Jan, and I describe her as my tall friend Jan. And when I read that piece to my writing group, my friend Barb Haig pointed out that she said, aren't you taller than Jan? Like, and I think it's funny that I describe her as tall. And so I was wondering, like, why did I do that? And I looked up the definition of tall, and it looks like in the old origins of the definition of tall, it describes tall as bold and strong, and that's so how Jan presented herself. And so I'll refer to her off and on as my tall friend Jan through this. So that was in 17, and then March of 18, Barb Haig, my friend from my writing group, invited me to a writing retreat. And my my first book was to come out. And I was like, I'm not going to go to that retreat because I don't want to find out that I don't know how to write because it's too late. The book's about ready to come out. But I went anyway. And when we got there, Jan, Jan Woodard was the speaker. And I was so excited to see her again because even in even though I had only met her that one night, I felt like we were friends. And she did a great presentation on Celtic spirituality and we went out into the woods and we wrote a piece and it was a day that we all really enjoyed and we didn't want to end and one of the women at the retreat Sherry she was like we should do a writing group 
And so she got out a piece of paper and we all put our names on it and, and Jan's was included and, and it started. Um, the next month we started meeting and once a month we, we met every month and, and Jan was a part of that. Um, oh, and, and so as I was getting ready to publish my book, Jan was really interested in picking my brain about publishing since she was, you know, close to finishing hers as well. And so we got together every week and we, we met at a coffee shop and, and our friend Sue Majoris would, would tag along too. And, and it was just really fun brainstorming how to get that done and, and, and different steps that we needed to do. And in that we just, we would sit for hours and just talk about all kinds of things. So we, we used to say we were solving all the world's problems sitting there talking but um, Jan was someone who celebrated me every chance she got. She was at my book signing. She was at my first speaking event. And she reminded me, I remember that night before I went, she sent me a text saying, it's okay to mess up. People relate better when you mess up. So she gave me permission to mess up, which I do often. <laughs> um, and then in March of 2019, I received a text from Jan that her cancer had returned and it was on her spine and in her liver. And the following Sunday, I go to church, and it was hard to see her, my tall friend Jan, sitting in a wheelchair. And after that service was over, I knew I, I needed to go talk to her. And I, so I stood back, and I let everyone else talk with her first. And I waited till the crowd was gone. And, and then I walked over to Jan and you know dropped to my knees because she was sitting in a wheelchair. And I went to hug her and I told her I was afraid that I was going to break her. And she grabbed me with one hand and, and with the other hand, she grabbed her husband, Jim, who was standing behind her. And I grabbed Jim's hand with my other free hand and the three of us just cried and cried. And then my tall friend, Jan, started to pray for me. Like, I can't even believe instead of, I was, I should have been comforting her and she was comforting me. And I'll, I'll never forget that. In June 2019, I received a text from Jan. We're starting a ministry to people with cancer in our community. Natalie, we would love your participation on the leadership team. I've also asked Sue Majoris, so there would be four of us, including Pastor Kathy. We're calling it Courage in Cancer. And so when I received that text, it was like, I don't have cancer anymore. I don't know how I can be supportive of this, but I really love these three women, and so I really wanted to be a part of this and and to, and to help others since, you know, I had gotten through it. I mean, it's the point of going through something hard is to, to help others. So, so we began the formation of a Courage and Cancer group that met monthly. And in, the, in that process, we were also still meeting weekly for our writing group. And Jen was definitely the unspoken leader there with her soft but firm voice. She critiqued us all in a gentle way to make us better. And she pulled out the best she had this great way of pulling out the best in every single one of us. I'm going to start reading you some excerpts from the book. So February 2020. When we were leaving, I offered to give Jan a ride home. Before she got out, she gently grabbed my wrist. I know you don't think you're a writer, Natalie, but you are. There are divine moments in our life that we miss if we don't pay attention. This was one of them for me. When she got out of that car idea, I had no idea that was the last writing group she would ever attend in person. March 2020. Jan asked me to visit on a Sunday. Her husband Jim was away and she didn't want to be alone. She also said she'd look through my final proof of the children's book I was about to release. 
I wondered how I'd fit it in and still have time for church. I decided to skip church and visit Jan instead, thinking of the scripture wherever two or more gathered. Jan was sitting in her chair facing the back porch with the bird feeders when I arrived. She asked me to sit in the chair beside her. She looked at my book, turning each page like it was a treasure. She made a few helpful suggestions and sighed her approval. Closing it, she grabbed my hand and closed her eyes. Think we could just sit here and rest, she said gently. Yep, I said, gently squeezing her hand. She fell fast asleep. I stared out the window looking at the birds. A red cardinal visited, along with others, and I thought of her life, her gentle spirit, enormous faith, her husband Jim, who built the house we were sitting in, and I thought of all the stories she told. There's a story there, she would say to us. I thought of how there was a story happening in the stillness of that moment, of how someday I'd share that story of saying nothing while holding the hand of my friend who was slowly dying. May 2020. Pastor Kathy Sue and I decided we need to assemble items we were taking up to Jan. Ironically, we chose to meet at a funeral home parking lot. Pastor Kathy hopped out of her car with her long, colorful skirt, and Sue got out carrying her green acoustic guitar. We opened Pastor Kathy's trunk and assembled the basket. Sue suggested we practice the song we were going to sing for Jan, and I stood in the middle holding sheet music as Sue began. Chills ran down my spine to my toes as she played the intro, and then her voice. I danced in the morning when the world was black. And Pastor Kathy and I joined in, and we sang the song. Although we didn't think we could sing, we did. Kathy's voice was full of love, and Sue's like an angel, and there I was between two heavenly voices, and I took a mental note to remember that moment forever, the good stuff, the stuff you don't forget. The plan was to serenade Jan from outside, with her watching from her deck. Her husband Jim came out when we arrived and said, Does she know you're coming? Nope, it's a surprise, we said. He stood in silence, and I thought to myself, this was a bad idea. They didn't need more company. He told us she was with the nurse. More silence. You know what, just come up, he said. He knew she would welcome us, and the smile on her face when she saw us confirmed we did the right thing. We prayed, we sang, we cried, we partook in Jan's last communion, and Jan raised her hands high as Sue led us once again, Dance then wherever you may be. Jan knew that this moment could come nowhere other than the heavens, and the sun rays beamed through her windows as we finished. Before leaving, I was sure to grab the newspaper article Jan handed me shortly before we walked in, or as we walked in. It was a picture from the Gazette announcing an upcoming Celtic writing workshop she would host. The article was written a little over two years ago. She thought I would like to have it, as that workshop was where our writing group started. And that was the first day I became a real writer, a writer in my heart and soul. And I sat on the floor, kneeled in front of her, and it was the last time I'd ever see my friend. Jan was passionate about providing support for our cancer group. When COVID hit, Jan was concerned some of our members weren't getting any human connection, so we decided to do what everyone else was doing during the pandemic, Zoom, it took a bit of finagling, but we got everybody on, and Jan was in her final months when we started our weekly study. We had some of the most intimate conversations during that time, and the depth of her faith was a witness I now know was invaluable to someone my age. The wisdom she left was with, 
with us will forever be imprinted on our souls. We studied books together. Sometimes we took a chapter of a book from the Bible and dove in. We prayed for each other, our families, the entire world, and through the election and pandemic, we all made it through alive, all of us but Jan. She was destined for a better place than here. Her time was up. June 3rd, 2020. I received word that Jan passed. I knew it was coming. I was relieved she was no longer in pain. I stood in our living room and said the words to my son, Josh. I cried as he hugged me. I told him I was going outside and laid down, and I lay there numb, realizing I'd not see her again, and I took out my phone and looked at the last message she sent me. I wish I had documented all the wisdom she'd given me over the past few years. I wonder what happened to your messages after you passed. Did the phone company know? Did your messages just disappear into the abyss? Frightened I'd lose her words forever, I jumped up and ran to get my laptop. I returned to the warm sunshine facing toward where Jan used to live, physically, and scrolled back to the first message I'd ever received from her. It was an October 2017 Facebook Messenger chat. She sent me her weekly column and a note saying that she was working on her next column about the girls' night out that we had met at. She said she wouldn't say it in the post, but meeting me was the best part of the evening. She texted, That evening put a fire in me to find ways to connect with those living with cancer, Natalie, with survivors and families. I cried happy tears as I read it, knowing she did just that through her column, support group, and book that she never got to see published. I spent the entire morning typing every conversation we'd ever had and mourning the loss of my beautiful friend. What a wonderful way to pay tribute to her, documenting all of our text when her book was titled Texting Through Cancer. And after I'd finished, my eyes were heavy and I fell peacefully asleep knowing my tall friend Jan was the closest thing to Jesus I'd ever met and she was finally face-to-face with him. Jan's service. It wasn't at a church. It was outside. So Jan. It was another one of those divine appointments. We sat on a hillside overlooking the water. A wooden all-will-be-well sign made by her husband Jim hung across the trees. Many attended, some from our writing group, some from our church, some from our cancer support group, people that she knew from all over. I got to meet her twin sister, Marilyn, who hugged me just as if Jan would have, and I was comforted to see Jan's face and hear Jan's voice. Even though it wasn't her, I know it was a gift. Jan's daughter, Julie, sang a beautiful song she wrote, All Will Be Well, which was Jan's signature ending of all of her columns. I was a bit disappointed that Jan's older daughter, Tara, didn't speak. I was looking forward to hearing her as I knew she was a pastor and was 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 excited to hear the message from her. But after the service, when the people were leaving, she grabbed the mic and said something I'll never forget. She said that she ended each of her services with a verse from Romans that her mom used to say to her. There's nothing you can do to make me love you any more, and there's nothing you can do to make me love you any less. And there it was, a short but beautiful message, a message of perfect love. I love you just the way you are. I'd like to think my celebration of life when I pass is as special as Jan's was. I sat there thinking I was one of Jan's best friends, but when the mic was open for others to speak, I was amazed that each person at the mic was also Jan's best friend. She loved each person the same and made each person feel as if they were the most important person in the world. I didn't speak that day. It was a humbling experience. I was prepared to, but knew that the other's testimonies were more important and God used it to show me it's not about me, 
but about others. The final piece I wrote titled Grief, March 2021. I curled my hair today. Jan's book was out. I put it in my Amazon cart and then took it out. I called the book nook and they said they could put me on a waiting list and I said no. If Jan was here, I'd already have my signed copy, but she's not. I finally allowed myself to order it. It's beautiful, so Jan. A sample arrived immediately on my Kindle and I started to read. Her words touched me the same as they did two years ago when she sent the first draft. I reached the end of the sample and wanted more, but I had to wait. I'd gotten good at waiting over the past couple of years. I confessed to my friend Barb I'd been secretly, unknowingly grieving and didn't realize it, and I never fully allowed myself to. I just kept on going, pretending there wasn't a hole. I told her that it was more than Jan. It was my career at the bank. I had worked so hard for so many years and sacrificed so much. 22 years, and when I left, it was it. And when I got home on the last day of work, I texted Jan, Sue, and Kathy how I felt, and Jan replied, Hey, you put a lot of years of your life into that place and those people, Nat. It's natural to have mixed feelings. I just read the little journal you gave me, how you knew you were no longer an accountant at our Blue Spruce retreat, and now you will bloom in other ways. She gave me comfort and hope, and then she died a few weeks later. And then I had no job, and my dear sweet writing mentor was gone. The writing group wasn't the same without her. It hurt in some way I didn't fully understand. So we, mostly me, tried to change it, and I think I wanted to feel like I had control over something. And deep down, it didn't feel right. The structure took away everything beautiful about us, so I stopped going altogether. But the times I did show up, I realized that Jan wasn't there, but her spirit was. And the other women, oh, how I loved each of them so dearly. And then I realized how much they were a part of me, just as Jan was. So I curled my hair and sat outside to write in the sun as a cardinal sat at my bird feeder. Jan says hi. It's my prayer that you love like my tall friend Jan. Love the person just as they are. No expectations and no disappointments. Just as they are. And then tell them just that. All will be well. I'll talk to you soon. Nat.